Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Sox Beat Podcast presented by CLNS Media. That's your leading online audio and video provider for Major League Baseball. I'm the host of the show, Chris Cotillo, Red Sox Beat reporter for MassLive.com. Today is September 19th. We have episode 234 of the show. It's brought to you by betonline.ag, which is CLNS's preferred online sportsbook. And Roman, a discreet and convenient way for men with ED to get some help. Today we're going to welcome in for the episode 234, my colleague at Mass Live, not Chris Smith, who we've had on the last couple of weeks, but Matt Votor, who's our columnist. He's been at Fenway this week covering some of the Mike Dostromsky stuff with me. So I thought this would be a good time with the season winding down. And not really a big story of the week other than Mikey has to call in the columnist and just get some hot takes because that's what, that's what <laughs> you know, being a columnist is all about. So, Matt, right off the bat, give me a hot take about the Red Sox. I think their season isn't as bad as people think it is. It's just bad compared to what, what the expectations were. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I, uh, you know, if you look at it, it's still a team that's seven games over 500 with 11 to go and um, just some really, really good wild card teams too. I mean, the Indians, the athletics, I mean, the, yeah, the Indians athletics and the Rays have, have just played, you know, out of their minds and are going to be 90, 95 win teams in the wild card. So I actually agree with your take there. Well, I, I, that, that, uh, that definitely eases my mind. I was worried. Yeah. Sorry. So we had, you know, I think at Fenway this year, the, the first topic we'll get to, I think is, you know, the Red Sox have obviously been, pretty bad at home there have been really not a ton of walk-offs not really memorable ones that I can remember I mean Christian Vasquez had a walk-off home run I guess and and there were some other cool moments and I guess David Ortiz coming out to throw out the first pitch that was kind of clouded by the whole Dombrowski firing so there really haven't been that many cool moments at Fenway this year comparison you know you think about Mookie's Grand Slam last year after that that long at bat and some of the other things we saw so for a Red Sox team that is, you know, at home 36 and 41, and, and they're going to end with a losing record at home, which is crazy. Um, it was, I think, cool that we got one of the signature moments probably of the baseball season, even in a garbage time game the other night, Mike Yastrzemski uh, hitting his home run uh, and his Fenway Park debut in the same place where his grandpa Carl played for so long. I thought before the game, and I might have mentioned it to you, but I know I talked to some other people, I said, the chance that this guy hits a home run either tonight or in the rest of the series is about a thousand percent. Um, and I saw DraftKings and, and and FanDuel tweeting out like, 
this guy's a lock, you know, because he's could be just because of the narrative of tonight. So we were both there for that. And, and, uh, you know, it wasn't the biggest crowd, obviously it was cold and the team's out of it, but still, um, I thought that moment was, was really, really cool. Uh, me too. And it's one of those things that kind of only can happen in baseball that while there, you know, while there is generational connections in other sports, you don't get that same feel where him playing in left field in front of the wall at, at, at Fenway Park, there is no equivalent to that in, in, in other sports. And so for him to, if he had done nothing at the plate, the fact that he was out there and there was a Strumsky playing in front of the, the wall was a special moment. But the fact that he that he hit that and and you know to do it on that third at bat as as he, he kind of got a little better each time against Devaldi it, it was perfect and and the line I, that I used that I liked is he kind of hit it exactly between the wall that his grandfather played in front of and the retired number that his grandfather has on the in the right field facade there that that forever it was it was, it was sort of a perfect. Uh, it, it was. It was a perfect moment that everybody sort of thought about. Could it happen? And even though you you knew it, what it would be like if it was possible, it was still special when it did. Yeah, it was, and and obviously, you know, it got there very early on Tuesday to see the moment of where he and and Carl met it on the field, and they did an interview with Peter Gammons. But uh, you know, Carl's obviously very proud of him, and uh, he was at the game Wednesday night throughout the first pitch, which I thought was really cool that they had, you know, him throw it out and Mike catching it and, and all that stuff. So that was, that was a, a really cool moment. It's just, you know, this guy has toiled in the minor leagues for six or seven years. The Orioles never gave him the chance, which is crazy. Cause you think of the, the level of talent the Orioles have, they could <laughs> right. use the guy like that. Um, well, you think too, it's not, makes it it's all not the like, it's not that like Vlad Guerrero jr. Doing it either where he was supposed to be a star from, you know, from the moment yep. he, he appeared, uh, um, in, in far in uh, in prospect list and things, he was always going to be great. This was a little bit more special because it it came out of nowhere. Th- this was more um, he was he's more Brian Dawback than he is than he is Vlad Guerrero Jr. in terms of that you know a late bloomer, somebody that uh, that had been been overlooked by by so many. And and yet it's exactly like you said it that that the Orioles you know how could how could somebody be a competent major leaguer and not make the Orioles. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's also kind of funny in a way that after, you know, being drafted by the Red Sox originally and then being in the Orioles system and, you know, being kind of on the verge of the big leagues in the American League East for six years, his chance comes randomly because the Giants happened to be here in September for, I don't know, the second or third time ever. So um, a lot of stuff that, you know, the unlikelihood of it is pretty crazy and um, that everything would come together. But obviously one of the cooler moments that I think was, as things have been for the Red Sox this year, overshadowed by what happened after that home run uh, the other night, Tuesday night at Fenway, because that game went five hours and 54 minutes. And for you, who you you know come to, you know probably a dozen games throughout the season. Maybe you'll get one or two of those a year, but it's something that, especially in September, is becoming a huge, huge problem for. I'm going to say baseball, but really, you know, the baseball writers because this is uh, it affects us. The fans are, are clearing. <laughs> uh, fans are clearing out. I mean, the Red Sox they have throughout the year led the league in game time. Now they're using, you know, 15 pitchers a game or whatever it's been. Really, they're using seven or eight pitchers. If you look at just the game times 
in September. I mean, it, constantly over three. We have a 348, 325, 337. Uh, and this game goes goes uh, 15 innings, a 7-6 Giants win. It goes 554. And if you look at, you know, just to look at the box score and kind of the ridiculousness of September baseball, the pitchers used by the Giants were Logan Webb, Andrew Suarez, Tyler Rogers, Fernando Abad, Handel Gustav, I'm not going to pronounce these right, Handel Gustav, Sam Coonrod, Will Smith, Sean Anderson, Sam Selman, Burt Smith, Wandy Peralta, Kyle Barraclo, and Derek Rodriguez, who somehow, someway, is the son of Pudge Rodriguez. I didn't know that. On the Red Sox side, Nathan Avaldi, Colton Brewer, Bobby Pointer, Ryan Brazier, Josh Taylor, Brandon Workman, Matt Barnes, Marcus Walden, Andrew Kashner, Brian Johnson, and Trevor Kelly. So I these feel two confident teams, that you pronounced Will Smith correctly. By yeah, way. And, and Trevor Kelly and, and Matt Barnes and all those guys. So well, that was good, but... I think, you know, you, you saw it. They're making pitching changes in the 14th, matching up. You know, this guy's coming in, and here comes pinch hitter Gorky's Hernandez. And it's like, at this point, you're both out of it. You know, it's I'm, it's nice that I guess that they're still fighting and still competing and looking for wins. And there's pride on the line and everything. But, God, it was absolutely brutal um, for about a four-hour stretch. It is. It's hard to watch. I mean, I don't expect anybody to be sympathetic to uh, to, to the writers in in this situation, nor nor, yeah. nor should they be. But I, I mean, what's the option if if you're not if you're not shrinking the rosters and they're going to do that next year? I mean, right. if you're if you're Alex Cora, if you're if you're Bruce Bochy, who's you know who's, who's just about done, mm-hmm. um, you know what what's the option? Are you, are you supposed to not not manage like you're trying to win? I mean, it to. I give them at least a little credit for for because I'm sure they're I'm sure they're tired too. I mean they're they're they've unlike unlike us they've they've been at all all 162 and, and yeah. so I'm I'm sure there's got to be temptation to mail it in and I don't think either one of them did. Yes, but I think baseball has to address address that. But for, as far as that game itself, had that been a game between the Indians and the Twins, it would have been terrific because there had been you know yeah. something that something on the line. It just happened to be it just happened to be two teams two teams that wanted to have something on the line at this time of year and don't. And two teams that that probably went into it with playoff hopes. Obviously, the Red Sox did, and the Giants. You know, you and I, I just kind of was looking around their clubhouse yesterday. A lot of older guys, a lot of veterans, but a lot of guys who are are really talented. The team that you thought you know could be a contender in the wild card. I think you know two things that are going to help next year: twenty-eight man rosters in September will make things a lot more tolerable, and then you know the three batter minimum once that's instituted, less pitching changes, less pitchers, and I think you know we won't see uh, the major league record tied ever again probably for pitchers using the game because um you know they had their shot to break it they didn't get there because the giants won in 15 but uh it's a record that you know i, I i'm really not thrilled to have been in, in attendance for the uh, maximum pitchers i think you know we're just in september the red Sox are using or pulling out all the stops they're matching guys up they're getting a look at different guys uh for next year and that's great but um especially when there's nothing to play for. And, and as we sit and record this, the Red Sox are going to have an afternoon game today. If they lose that, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs as of as of now with basically you know, they'd have to win out. Everybody else would have to lose out. That's not going to happen. So they're effectively eliminated. But, um, you know, for them to to be, you know, going matchup by matchup and in extra innings is uh, is tough to watch. And uh, as we saw, you know, there weren't a lot of fans fans there. Um, even by the seventh or eighth, and and it was tough because you know the Estremsky moment kind of got lost because it felt like so long ago. Uh, by the end of the night, Matt. Yeah, it did. It to- it totally did. We're uh, 
you know, I had Chris on the podcast last week. We talked a lot about the Dave Dombrowski move and, and everything. And um, I know you were caught up in some Patriot stuff for when that happened, but I just wanted to get, you know, the columnist take, like I said, on that move, how it went down, how they handle it and everything involved. Well, I, I think, uh, I think it's one of those things that it almost doesn't feel fair because of the success that he had that you, that you fire him. But, I don't think they fired him for the job he did as much as they file, fired him for the job that awaits the Red Sox general manager going forward and the right. fact that he's probably not built for that. The idea of rebuilding a farm system and, and starting things starting things a little a little fresher is not his strength. It just you know that he hasn't he hasn't approached a situation that way in in you know, in a long time, uh, not since early in his career, and mm-hmm. and you look at the uh, you look at the job that he did with the Tigers and how things things kind of fizzled out after you know they had their window and then then they then they you know cratered, and so I think the Red Sox looked at this like it's time to rebuild the farm system and and put the you know, organization from top to bottom on more on a firmer and a more consistent. Uh, you know, more consistent footing. And I don't think he's the guy to to do that. I think the Red Sox handled it poorly in that. um, I don't know why they couldn't just say that everything. I, everything I just said makes sense. And unless everybody knows it too. Yeah. And every, everything that, so there are things, um, unless there's some, you know, secret reason that they, that they got rid of him. There's it's there's no reason that why not just just say that we hey we think Dave did exactly the job he was perfect for the job that we hired him for but we feel like we've got to go in another direction when we're as we move forward there's no reason you can't you can't say that and say and and wish him well um the to the you know, they had no press conference which always feels to me like that that lacks an accountability. And the quotes they had in their thing, you'd you'd think this was his retirement dinner. They were you know talking about Dave Dombrowski's Hall of Fame career. Well, you fired the guy, and right. so if if you are doing that, you 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 tell people why. And I know it's that always sounds like well the you know, media is complaining about not talking to the media, but in this situation, you didn't talk to anybody. It's not like you went out and and gave the fans some you know some other way to to do it. It's just uh, it's it's just it's just out there as nothing. And, and so I think, um, I, I think that it was really kind of an, an, un, uh, an unprofessional way to do it. And, and for, for Sam Kennedy kind of taking the reins of, as taking over for Larry Lucchino is the guy that effectively runs the Red Sox. I think that, that, uh, that doesn't show well. Yeah, I agree. And Chris and I talked about that last week, but we also talked about, and this is something that, you know, hasn't really been, resolved i think is that nobody got any idea on how they plan on proceeding with the search like we don't know when it's going to start a timetable um what i've been told is that the search has begun but they're not rushing because they're confident in the big four that they have eddie romero brian o'halloran zach scott and raquel ferrera running the show right now but um they are not giving us a timetable you know they don't say where we hope to have this guy in place by the end of the postseason or or by the gm meetings or anything like that they haven't said any of that to anybody uh, it's been you know pretty surprising that we don't really have anything on what the search is going to be like we don't know where they're aiming if they're aiming for an executive with another team if they're thinking about a first timer if they want to go internal you know just to ask those kind of questions to get some answers would have been really good um, because 
those are things where they could give us at least a vague idea of who they were going to go with. The only answers we have, I think, so far, Mike Hazen signed an extension with the Diamondbacks. He was, I think, uh, one of the preferred guys that they would have liked to bring back. He is not going to because he's going to be in Arizona long term. There are some guys that are expressing some interest. Tim Naring in New York, the Yankees vice president who played for the Red Sox. Matt, you probably remember Tim Naring because you're old, right? I do. I do remember Tim, Tim Naring. And, uh, when, when he was healthy enough to be on the field, he's a good, play, good player. Yeah, and he's been a very good front office executive under Brian Cashman. Um, you know, a couple other people that are out there. Jason McLeod just got a promotion in Chicago with the Cubs, but has expressed some interest. Ben Charrington's not coming back, which is no surprise for anybody. But, um, Matt, who do you want as the Red Sox general manager, president of baseball operations next? I don't, I don't, have, I don't have someone specific in mind. I, I think um, I think that I, I, Tim, I, Tim Naring certainly represents an interesting candidate um i think that i think some of the the uh, i think eddie romero represents an an interesting candidate i i think um i i think the the most important thing though is is that the from the ownership down to the to the general manager to alex cora that there's some understanding of this is of this is what the way they want to run things because it feels like they've ping-ponged a little bit all right they wanted to do it this way with ben sherrington and they switched significantly from Ben Sherrington to Dave Dombrowski. And so now what are they, what are they looking for right now? Cause you can't have, you, you, you can have a middle ground of it, but you have to, that you have to have that idea in mind. And, and I, I think that, that, that that's, I think that's the most important thing is, is that there is an actual, you know, vision and path that, that they're, they're looking at to for, for who do, you know, who do they want to be in five years? what what do they want the organization to look like in terms of prospect depth in terms of how often do they feel like they should be a playoff team um what kind of money do they want to spend uh do what how do they want to approach veteran pitchers veteran players contract lengths and things i i think that that's some i think that's something from from top to bottom in the organization that needs to be consistent yeah and and, you know uh, i think we always talk about, you know, a weak system. Um, they've had some guys that have actually, you know, shown up this year. Um, some guys that have really taken leaps forward. The offensive player of the year in the organization, they announced the minor league awards yesterday, was Tristan Casas, who was their first-round pick last year. A lot of times in these picks for the Red Sox the last few years, you've seen guys be a first-round pick, be highly touted, and then be disappointing. Jay Groom has not been on the field. Um, obviously, uh, you've seen a guy in um, – and Jay Groom that has, has had some off the field issues and some injuries. Trey Ball, a guy from a few years ago, is is going to be a minor league free agent without reaching the majors. Um, but, but now finally, you know, a guy in, in Tristan Casas really shows up in his first full year and takes off. Outfielder Jaron Duran was was really good. He won base runner of the year, but he had an incredible off season for our uh, offensive season for the Red Sox. And then Thad Ward, who was a pitcher out of UCF last year, was their pitcher of the year. So there are some guys who who took steps forward. I think. People are a little higher on the farm system. So there is a base here and that you're starting with. We've seen a couple guys come up. Some guys, you know, were rookies this year and showed up. We had, you know, the conversation with, and we were in the, the baseball writers meeting the other day, talking about, you know, the rookie of the year. And there were some candidates that were, you know, all options. Michael Chavis had a good year, and he was in the conversation for American League Rookie of the Year before he kind of tailed off and then eventually got hurt. Darwinson Hernandez, Josh Taylor came up. 
pure rookies and um, ended up, you know, being pretty good for this club. So there is that that kind of young base of talent. I think that that the new GM or whoever is starting off with uh, a, a pretty good talent base, um, honestly. And then and then you have two guys who last night on the left side of your infield clinched something that I I think this is pretty incredible. And and I don't think people I think people have turned or have you know tuned the Red Sox out a little bit because it's football season, but. Um, the fact that Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts are the first teammates in baseball history to each have 30 home runs and 50 doubles is pretty amazing. I think Devers is the first Red Sox player since 1965. That would be Tony Canigliaro with 30 home runs, or, or the youngest since then uh, with 30 home runs. And um, the Red Sox are going to have a bunch of guys that around 30 home runs, 100 RBI, 100 runs. You know, Mookie is two homers short of 30 home runs. Is, um, if he returns, I know he's dealing with a foot injury right now. JD's over that. Uh, Mark and obviously um, Devers and Bogarts too. So Red Sox a little bit banged up. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Everybody's guilty of that. Playing Little League, growing up, you get hit with a ball. You know, we saw Sam Travis even try to stay in the game after getting hit in the head the other night, the scary moment. The same is true for people with erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient and discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com socks and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's never been easier to connect with a doctor. You can just go to getroman.com slash socks. That's S-O-X. The O is the vowel there, everybody. I know this is an ED commercial. To get a free online visit and a free get free two-day shipping, that's getroman.com slash socks for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash S-O-X. So back to, you know, talking about that starting with rubbing some dirt on it. The Red Sox have a very injured starting rotation right now, and there's a lot of concern uh, moving forward, obviously, um, for them. David Price is now being shut down for the season. Uh, Chris Sale is obviously out for the season. Uh, Nathan Avaldi has not looked good really at any point this year, and he gave up the homer to Mike Yaz, so he ended up providing one magical moment, at least, for the Red Sox at Fenway <laughs> this year. Um, on Nathan Navaldi bobblehead night, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, there, those were scattered around the press box that we both grabbed, grabbed an extra as we were walking out. So, um, I think you know when you look at the state of the Red Sox rotation, no Rick Porcello probably coming back next year. Uh, Nathan Navaldi's hurt, or or I mean, not he was hurt. Now he's not pitching well. David Price is hurt. Chris Sale is hurt. I mean, this is the strength of your team, and there are major, major, major red flags uh, heading into next season. I mean, you look at everything else, all the problems of the closer, all the problems of the bullpen, the, you know, the, the fact that, that, uh, that some of the hitters didn't have quite the season that they did, the fact that C. Pierce wasn't there. If you fix the starting rotation, the, the, you know, if the Red Sox rotation is 75% of what you hoped they would be coming into the year, the Red Sox are probably in the playoffs. Yep. Forgetting everything else, everything else that went wrong, if, if the starting rotation is passable – they're probably in the playoffs, given how how well they hit. But I mean, Chris Sale. I mean, that one of the things Dave Dombrowski 
that probably hastened his departure was the fact that 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 Chris Sale deal looks terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it it just it and um, David Price. I don't know. You know, David Price threw an awful lot of innings in in the postseason last year, and and Evaldi is always in between injuries. Where, you know, if he, he's either injured or in between injuries because yeah. that's just that's just the way he's the way he's built. So you had such a great year out of Eduardo Rodriguez, and and so it, it feels wasted because because nobody else was was along for the ride. Hmm. Yeah, I know it's it's been it's been crazy, and I think you know they're going to have to assess the free agent market whether that's bringing back Rick Porcello on, on a you know short deal. You know they've had a couple guys that have shown them at least flashes at times, and, and Yoli Shasina did not pitch well Wednesday night, but it has pitched well so far in a couple of shorter stints. And Andrew Kashner has pitched okay out of the bullpen. Um, those are a couple guys that you know they have seen some flashes from that they could they could bring but and i don't expect this team to for a team that's going to want to get under the luxury tax threshold and want to save money they're not going to be in on garrett cole or madison bumgarner who's making his fenway park debut this afternoon they're not going to be in on the highest end of the of the pitching market so it's tough you know maybe you know try to get one of the prospects whether that be tanner hauk or someone else um into a starting role maybe they look at darwinson hernandez as a starter even though i don't think that's a smart move because he's been so dominant as a reliever um, you're kind of saddled with the guys you have. You have so much money sunk into this already. You know, obviously Chris Sale got a big deal, 150 million or 145. You have David Price, who's still pitching out that 217 million dollar deal with three years left. Evaldi, 68 million. You know, Porcello at least is coming off the books, and you can you can rework him and maybe bring him back for five million as an innings eater, which I think you might you might want to do because if he can give you 200 innings and and he has to be better than this year, you'd think. Um, you know that you, might you, be you're not an important move. You Chassin being the uh, he was. He, I, I've said it and I'll say it again. He was the best interview of the year after his debut. He held court for like 12 minutes. We were all they, the PR had to cut it off. It was going so well. So I'd love to have that guy back because he was an absolute joy to deal with after he uh, pitched two wonderful innings and in a win against the Yankees a couple weeks ago. Seems worth taking a shot on. His his upside might be higher than than some of your other, some of your other alternatives. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's the good part of at least signing him and bringing him in for September is, you know, you don't have to rely on external scouting. You can have tinkered with him a little bit. Maybe, you know, he's not going to command a lot of money. You get two two years, fifteen million on his last deal after you know this, where he was a free agent at the end of August and dealt with injuries and inconsistency. He's not going to cost you that much, and I think you know he's a guy that might be worth taking a flyer on some other you know i'm gonna this is gonna be kind of the start of our rapid fire hot takes when you would you re-sign these guys just yes or no rick porcello depending on the price but but not for what not for what i think he'll get okay mitch marlin no brock holt <laughs> that's a tough one um, he's such an important guy for for intangible reasons, right? Um, but but Marco Hernandez will cost you less for the same player potentially. For you know for for the light beer version of that player, um, yeah. I I think if you're I think if you're trying to get uh to get you know looking at luxury tax implications, I think you probably have to say no. Andrew Kashner. No, not at his age, not at, not of what he's given. He's not not as a bullpen guy. And if you're the Red Sox, are you hoping JD Martinez opts in? Yeah, I think they probably want to keep. I think they probably want to keep JD Martinez. I, it, it, 
Especially if they're starting to think Mookie's either not going to come back or they're going to try to trade him over the winter. I think yeah, locking I'm, in JD is important. I'm definitely in the in the you're not. I'm definitely in the do what you can to try to say to keep Mookie you, because you're never going to get when you when you that's going to be one of those four quarters for a dollar trade and 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 you, you never win those trades and. Yeah. Said, I, I think as, as good as Mookie is, as high as his ceiling is, as an important sort of face of the organization that he is, I think you do what you can to keep him. And and you know even if that's pushing up against luxury tax things, I think he he's a guy that that's that you don't replace him. And and for for what he is, for what he can offer, he can play. You know he can play center field if you decide that Jackie Bradley's not, you know that you're going to make make a move there. I, I think um, so. He, JD becomes a tough call because if you're you're if 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 keeping him limits your ability to keep Mookie Betts, well then you you probably you're probably let him go. But it's it's such a tough situation because I don't know how much of a feel they have for how much Mookie Betts wants to stay. Right, and he's been very, holding it very close to the vest. I think that'll be order number one for the next GM when he when he or she comes in to decide, you know, whether, you know, they think Mookie Betts is going to resign or if he's going to be a trade candidate. Matt has done a lot of football in the last few weeks, and he's going to be doing a lot more. Um, I'll be helping out a little bit, actually. Uh, BetOnline.ag has the Patriots as the clear favorites to win the Super Bowl again at plus 350. Next to the Chiefs at plus 700 and the Rams at plus 700 and the Cowboys and the Packers at plus 1,200. We don't get to another AFC competitor uh, past the Chiefs until we get to the plus 2,000 range. We have the Ravens, Browns, uh, and Chargers. So the AFC, very top-heavy. Football season is here, everybody. Are you ready? Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus reward on your first deposit and start betting on your favorite pro or college team. I like North Carolina, minus three against Appalachian State this week. Uh, bet on every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Bet on who the first starting quarterback to be benched will be. Could have done that, and you would have had uh, who was it? Technically, Eli, I guess, because the rest Eli. of them. Yeah. Um, bet on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Get the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners at BetOnline.ag. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use your mobile device to join today. Uh, a minimum deposit of fifty-five dollars is required to qualify for the bonus. It's BetOnline.ag, like Attorney General. That's your online sportsbook experts we've seen a little bit of patriots talk before we let matt go patriots with a huge line last week at what is it at now for the jets games at 22 and a half or 23 uh last let's see huh? last i saw it it was it was it was 23 and a half it's it's been it's been it's kind of all over it's but, ridiculous. but yeah, it's, it's 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 it feels like these these lines for like college with some, yeah some it's college football 22, 22 and a half, and a half. yeah it's college football half. week one type things and patriots you know, with, with with no end in sight on their domination, especially in the next few weeks. What I mean, you had them what a twelve and four before the season was that your? I had thirteen and three. Thirteen was and three. Th- I was the thirteen and three. And now, what um, do you think? <laughs> now, I mean, I mean, you look at the, there's the there's the stretch in the mi- in the middle of their season that, that has some some games that they could lose. Yeah. You look at the the uh, Browns at home, the Ravens in Baltimore at at Philadelphia. The Cowboys, the Texans, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs—that stretch in there—that's not an—that's e- not an easy stretch to go right. back to back to back in there. Um, I think 
I, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. So uh, the thirteen and three still feels decent to me. But if you told me they were going to go fourteen and two, that would that wouldn't uh, surprise me either. I think a sneaky sneaky tough game next week. I think Buffalo has been better than people people thought that they'd be, and and that that has potential to be a uh, at least a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, hopefully Devin Singletary, who's on in my on my fantasy league and my big team, will go off and and give the Patriots some problems, even though. You know, the Patriots should win that game. Uh, so Matt Votor will be covering the Patriots, the Red Sox, everything else, providing all the hot takes you need for us on MassLive.com. <laughs> Matt, thank you for joining the show. Hey, thanks, Chris. Talk to you.